Um, it is great to be back at Forest Lake Church. I apologize, I've only been able to shake about a thousand hands so far. But uh, first two services were awesome. The music was great. Uh, great to see Pastor Jeff and Alicia here. And I know God's been taking good care of you, but I'm coming back to say thank you. Um, we miss you. We miss you. But someday Jesus is coming back and we're all going to be together again. I'm going to celebrate then. I'm learning to celebrate, you know. The British, uh, when the British celebrate, I was born in England. The British celebrate like this. How are you doing? Great. But I'm actually learning to celebrate. I said, who's the lady on the second? There was a lady in, in uh, gr gr where was I? I was in Guyana. The lady on the front row where we were singing, listen to counsel. I said, she, man, she's, she's wired, you know? I, they said, that's the administrator of the hospital. I'm like, go get them, you know? If Christians cannot be happy, who cannot? Um, we should be happy, shouldn't we? Amen. Not to bring attention to ourselves. But to bring glory to Jesus, what is it that you know that puts a smile on your face? Well, I'm smiling today, and I thank Pastor Jeff for inviting me back. Not only you know, the three sermons, plus an afternoon meeting at four. By the way, if you missed anything, miss this one, okay? Because four o'clock is going to be awesome. You will laugh and cry, and you will say, God, could it be that from seeds planted here... At our little church, you're impacting the world. You need to come and hear testimonies that will just bring joy to your heart. And by the way, I, he I see your pastor preach from my office. I have the screens. I, I hear him preach. I, I just last week, I, heard pa I watched Pastor Danny Hernandez. You remember Danny? Yeah, he was preaching the word there right here from this platform. And there's some other guy that preaches old sermons too who had dark hair and looks like me, but I don't know. <laughs> it's been a few years. But these years were truly the happiest years of our pastoral ministry. They were. And, you know, we, if we hadn't got caught up in something bigger than ourselves, we might have just stayed here until we retired. They even have a cemetery here so you can wait till Jesus comes. <laughs> I mean, who would want to leave here? But sometimes God puts in our minds a vision. And, and it's not an individual. It's a whole group of people. This is not about one person. It's a group of people, whether we're, we're part of Adventist Health System or whether we're part of Forest Lake Academy or whether we're part of Forest Lake Church or the church you represent, some watching us online from many parts of the country and maybe even around the world, that God gives us a vision that it's not just about collecting stuff which we're going to leave behind when Jesus comes, but it's about impacting the world for Jesus. And this morning, I want to personally and publicly honor an amazing media team and I want to invite Pastor Patty to come. And Patty, bring, bring the team with you. We brought some presents for you. I think we're going to distribute them actually this afternoon so they have to come back. But uh, we brought some presents for them uh, as a way of saying thank you. And I know this isn't all of you because some of you, yeah, yeah, come on up here. Yeah, there's others. Oh, look at them all. They've all got nice shirts on. And you have no idea 
how God is using this church family to impact the world. You really don't. I mean, if you really grasped it, you might even use my favorite Hebrew word. <laughs> you might even get a little excited, you know? And say, oh God, I thought I just had a job here. And by the way, most of these are volunteers. Yeah. In fact, the volunteers are doing so well, we're going to double their salary. <laughs> but I don't just want to honor the media team, and I do certainly want to do that. But I want to honor, we've got some people here. Uh, I'm seeing them here. Some of them are ducking so that I don't call them. But who were part of the, the original Hope Sabbath School team. I'm seeing Stephanie. Stephanie, stand up right where you are. Stephanie. I'm mentoring her to take my place along with five other. Do you hear her teach on Hope Sabbath School? Stay standing, Stephanie. Stay standing. By the way, there's a really important person next to her. That's my wife. Would you stand up, Bodil? Thank you. She is the volunteer executive producer of Hope Sabbath School. And I'll tell you the story of how that happened when we were dislocated from this amazing team. But, uh, but I see Estrella and Enrique and, and uh, let's see, the Kim family. Where are you all? Stand up if you were part of Hope Sabbath School. Carolyn, you still here? Stand up, all of you who were part of Hope Sabbath School. Come on. Where are you? Back there. Yes. And, and that doesn't even include the people. Do you remember they used to cook food for us because we'd film on Monday? Someone say amen. amen. Yeah, they cook food for us, right? Because they'd come straight from work. They were too busy to do this. We filmed on Monday and Tuesday evening, and then we stayed late after the filming to take everything down because we had prayer meeting, House of Prayer on Wednesday. I mean, it was outrageous. It was ridiculous, but it was world-changing. And I just want to say thank you to this team. I want to pray a blessing because I just want to tell you the miracle's not over. God wants to use this church family over and over to impact the world. Amen. Father in heaven, it is a great honor and a privilege for me to come back home to pray a prayer of thanks for this media team and our Hope Sabbath School team. We're celebrating our 10th anniversary. Who could have imagined what you would do? God, I just pray a blessing for each family represented here. And, and for those who couldn't make it, some probably joining us online, who said, God, I'm available. Just use me, God. We don't want to take any glory to ourselves, but we do want to recognize that you used us, and we want to just say thank you and bless that the miracles may continue in this amazing church to bless the world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Yeah, we got some presents for them afterwards. I'm, uh, we have no idea how many God has used, but it's been awesome. By the way, if you don't know anything, you said, what's Hope's Habit School? And who's that guy standing up front? By the way, Paul, good to see you. Yeah, so many people. Uh, there's, there's a 10th anniversary here, and it tells the story. And on the first page where I talk, I said the miracle began at Forest Lake Church, Apopka, Florida. Yep, that's where it began. Lord, as we hear your word today and as we just give you thanks, I pray for the Spirit of God to touch hearts. God, whatever you need to do in us so you can work through us in life-changing ways, we pray you do it even today. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, anniversaries are wonderful times to remember and to celebrate. My wife and I, my wife's right here. I know she looks very young. But we are celebrating on Tuesday our 41st wedding anniversary. You said, was she a teenager when you married her? <laughs> well, she came to England as a daring 18-year-old American woman. I was at New Bold College, born in England, and my British accent comes back when I talk about it. <laughs> and she stole my heart. And I've been following her ever since. <laughs> and we have a lot to celebrate on Tuesday, which is our 41st wedding anniversary, because just last Sunday, our fourth grandchild was born. It was easy. Actually, being grandparents is really easy. They just call and say, it arrived. His name is Finn, Finn Clayton Morris. And he weighed in at 9'8". <laughs> I mean, he's like he's half grown. <laughs> we love him. And his big sister, Margot May. And they're right here in Orlando. And so we have a lot to celebrate on Tuesday as part of our anniversary. Because there are times to remember and to celebrate. But I came here to Orlando not just to see my grandson, as beautiful as that is. Hey, young lady, how are you? Are you looking for someone? She said, I just don't know. My parents get lost all the time. I think she's on row two. I think we're close. We're close. Okay. So cute. Is there anything else going on? <laughs> but this year is the 10th anniversary of Hope Sabbath School. Now, it doesn't seem it was that long ago. But it all started with this sermon series. And some of you, if you were here, will remember the radical prayer. And I just saw Ginny. Are you still here? Ginny, wave to me if you're still here. Or were you at second service? She came up and said hi. She must have been at second service. Jenny Miller. You know Jenny? The artist who draw that beautiful, drew that beautiful mural while we preached about the radical prayer. And about the fact that it's not just trying to stay out of trouble till Jesus comes. But it's about making a difference for the kingdom of God. And it all came from this one verse. We're going to put it on the screen. If you have your Bible and would like to follow along, it's in Luke chapter 10 and verse 2. I don't think without this series, Hope Sabbath School would ever have happened. I don't know that we would have been bold enough to say yes. And it's not just about that. It's about what God wants to do now. I'm reading from Luke chapter 10 and verse 2. Then Jesus said to them, he's speaking to the 70. He's already sent out the 12. Now he's sending out the 70. They're going everywhere. And, and they represent us too because he says, I'm with you even to the end of the age. 
And Jesus says to the 70, the harvest, what? Truly is great. Now, some of us grew up with the Bible, so we know the harvest can mean two things in the Scripture. Look at this text in Matthew 13 and verse 39. It's the parable of the wheat and the tares, and uh, an enemy comes and sows weeds in the good seed. And Jesus says, it's there in verse 39, the harvest is what? It's the end of the age, and who are the reapers? The angels. So there are one use of the metaphor of the harvest in the New Testament is for the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Look at another text in Revelation 14. Right after the three angels' messages, another angel came out of the temple crying in a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for, to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. So not only are the angels bringing in the final harvest, but who else? The Lord who sits on the throne with the sickle in his hand. So when I read harvest in the scriptures, it can refer to the end, the final harvest. But it can also refer, let's go back to Luke 10 and verse 1, it can also refer to present missionary activity. After these things, I'm reading from Luke 10, verse 1, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Now, the harvesters here are not angels. Who are the harvesters? The people and us, you're right, because we are part of the 70, because we're going everywhere until Jesus comes back. And it is to us, he says... Verse 2, the harvest truly is great. I'm going to share some stories with you this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Go home, take a nap, okay? Come back at 4. You will not want, you will laugh and you will cry and you will say, hallelujah, <laughs> might even celebrate and say, God, could it be that, that from seed that was planted, remember the children's story, if you sow bountifully, you will yield a great harvest. It's not our harvest, it's his, but he says the harvest truly is great. And because the harvest is great, and I don't have time to talk about the distracted laborers, but I'm telling you that even those of us, including myself, who can be distracted with many other things, if we'll finally say, God, I want to be available to you, he says, okay, I want you to pray. You see it there? Therefore, pray. Now, I'm not a Greek expert. I did pass Greek in college, and I, I understand it a little, but I don't use it all the time. But I do know that there are many verbs that can be translated pray. This verb is the verb deomai. It means to beg or to cry out. Now, if you want to know how strong this verb is, this is how we're supposed to pray because the harvest is what? It's great. And there's a lot of distracted laborers out there. And I do believe Jesus is coming soon. And he doesn't want us to just sit on our hands and try to stay out of trouble till he comes. He wants to use us to impact the world. So he says, pray. Now, look at another verse with me in Luke chapter 5. 
verse 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city. I'll read it from my Bible. When he was in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face. What does it say in your Bible? This one says he implored him. I, I've, I've got a note in the margin. It says begged. This man is dying. He comes to Jesus. He falls on his face in front of him. And he says, Lord, if you're willing, I know you can because you're the, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. But if you're willing, you can make me clean. Does that sound like a casual prayer to you? I mean, he's crying out. Now, there's many other references in the Gospel of Luke that use this same verb, deomai. But just get in your mind, it's crying out to God. It's begging God. Now, someone might say, Derek, wait a minute. Why do we have to cry out to God? Like, are we trying to change his heart by crying out to him? Are we trying to change his heart? Doesn't it say that God so loved the world? We're not trying to change his heart. Whose heart needs to change? It does, doesn't it? We get so distracted. Like, God, whatever you need to do, I'm crying out to you. I'm giving you permission. Now, get this. I believe this happens still at Forest Lake Church. It certainly happened when this ministry started. God works so powerfully with this band of volunteers impacting the world. I have no doubt that the enemy of our souls said, how dare you use these people so powerfully? And the Lord said, my children cried out to me. Are you with me? My children said, God, I'm done with playing church. I'm done with storing up stuff that I can't take with me. I am available for you to use me to impact the world. And God says, let's go. Lord, crying out, not your heart to change, God, my heart. I, I cry out to you. And, and what do I cry? Let's go back to 10-2. I'm not only crying out, but I'm going to pray this prayer. I pray the Lord of the harvest... What does it say? To do what? Send out laborers. And that is such a, I wanted to say pathetic translation. I'll just say weak, because that's not what the text says. And I have struggled with that. There is only one Bible translation I have ever read that accurately translates this text. It is an Australian version of the Bible. I don't know why the British got it wrong. And by the way, the Spanish, the Portuguese, they all translate it from the English, and they all say the same faulty translation, send out. The verb send out in the Greek is apostello. We get the English word apostle. That's right, apostello. It means to send out. It's used in verse 1 and in verse 3, but not in verse 2 for the prayer. In verse 2, it doesn't say beg, cry out to the Lord to send out. It literally says, some of you were with us 10, 11 years ago, it literally says, pray the Lord of the harvest to throw out laborers. Ekbalo is the verb in the Greek. It startled me when I saw it. You go, I don't know if I want to pray that. I mean, that's pretty intense, isn't it? Throw out, not like throw out rubbish, but like jettison you into the place that God wants you to be. Cry out to the Lord to throw out laborers. I, I want to share two texts with you. 
You may want to write them down. Two places this verb, ekabalo, to throw out, is used in the life of Jesus. Look in John 2, verse 15. When Jesus had made a whip of cords, you know they turned the temple into a marketplace, right? He drove them out. What does it say he did? He did what? He drove them out. That's the verb, ekbalo. He, he didn't come and say, excuse me, it's really kind of irreverent here. Would it be okay with you to maybe just step outside? If it's okay. Is that what it says? He drove, get out of here. Righteous indignation. How dare you make my father's house into a marketplace? Get out of here. Now, I don't think he ever hit them with the whip. In fact, Desire of Ages speaks of divinity flashing through humanity. They saw the glory of heaven. How dare you? It says he drove them out. Does that sound kind of casual to you? You say, you want me to pray for God? God, if you need to, whip me out of this place to get me where you want me to be. He said, I don't know. I don't know if I want to pray that. Maybe I'll, I'll just let you pray that. <laughs> right? What other verse where it's used of Jesus? You know, I always read the temptations in, in Matthew's gospel where it says, and after, you know, he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and after 40 days he hungered. Remember that? Stones into bread and all of that, right? But Mark trans describes it differently. Verse 12 of Mark 1. Immediately it says, this is right after his baptism, immediately, what does it say? The Spirit, what? Now, don't think, I'm not talking about four-wheeler or, you know, drove. No. This is the verb ekbalo. It's used of Jesus. It literally says the Spirit threw him out into a ministry that would change the world. Now, I know that God doesn't force us to do anything, right, Stephanie? He doesn't. If, if the Spirit of God threw Jesus out into a world-changing ministry, that means that Jesus gave him permission. Now, some people get really upset with me on that. They say, the sovereignty of God, you have to give God permission? Well, let me ask you, is he going to force his way into your life? Is he going to compel you to make a difference in the world? But watch out if you're willing to say, okay, God, here I am. I'm available. Throw me out into your harvest. Lord of the harvest, here's the prayer. I earnestly beg you to throw out laborers into your harvest. And I could not, I'd love to, you know, just say, just send out Alicia. Hallelujah. And God would use her, right? Right, Danny? Throw out Danny. Praise the Lord. And your wife. Send them together. <laughs> I cannot pray that prayer. Not that radical prayer. Without saying, and you have my permission, Kevin. You have my permission to do what? Begin with me. When we had the courage as a church family, and I remember that series even though it was 11 years ago. It is not coincidence, coincidence that right after that, we got a phone call from Hope Channel. They said, we'd like you to start a Bible study, Sabbath school. 
And I'm thinking, I already have enough to do. <laughs> the church was growing exponentially. There was a lot of stuff going on. I love this church. I love you. But God says, no, I want you to do more than just impact the little circle here and the circle of Apopka. I want you to impact the world. So we talked together. Pastor Patty was our media pastor. And we decided, my wife and I were talking, we just, you know, like, she told me, by the way, not long after that, Hope Sabbath School is the most important thing you do. I had a lot of other things we were doing. She said, where else do you give a million Bible studies a week? We said, well, we'll, we'll start this Bible study, but we'll do it with a couple of conditions. One, 12 people. Because there, there's lots of Bible studies that are not dialogue, but what, what do you call it when only one person's talking? Monologue, right? Monologue. No. Uh, Sabbath school is supposed to be interactive, right? So we'll do it with 12 people, okay? Second, average age, 30. Now, I know that eliminated me. I, I'm, I've been asking them for a long time when they're going to fire me. They say, we, just hang on for a little while longer because I'm, <laughs> I'm twice 30. But I am training six people to take my place, and one of them... Stephanie is right here. Stand up and wave again, Stephanie. She's awesome. She's awesome. Yes, she is. People love Stephanie. They know her all around the world. They have no idea that she's a, got a master's degree in finance. She's a CPA. They have no idea all of her amazing financial talents. They, they just know that she's on Hope's Apple School. Is that right? They don't even know that she comes from Pennsylvania. I'm training six people to take my place because I'm not going to be here forever. And, and we're going to do this till Jesus comes because he's coming soon. And if he'll keep me going, I'll, I'll keep going too. As long, see, that's the radical prayer. God, I'm just available to you as long as you need me to do something for you. But I said average age 30, so I'm training six people to take my place right now. You know what the average age of those six teachers is? It's 30. As then I said, um, okay, average age 30. Oh, by the way, why 30? Where did that come from? Is it in the Bible? Well, actually, Jesus began his ministry at 30. So did John the Baptist. That's interesting. But actually, the average age of our world church is 30. Did you know that? Look around. What's the average age of this congregation? I tell you, second service, it was about 28, wasn't it? Because we, we, we had a whole bunch of uh, wonderful young people from Brazil. Our major Hope Channel affiliate, Novo Tempo, is in Brazil. So they, they lowered it. But you know the average age of the, of the church in North America is 62? That's what I was told. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's 61. Do you know the average age of our world church is only 30? Do you know there are more Seventh-day Adventists in Zambia than the entire North American division? Do you know that when I was a little boy, I know that was a few years ago, there were 1.5 million Adventists. Now there are 21 million Adventists. Do you, do you know what God is doing? I'm going to share some things this afternoon that will stun you, that will make Pentecost Day look like a great start. So many seeds are being planted. It's going to take all of us. It's going to take health care and education. It's going to take 
Adventists will radio and hope we are not competing with each other. We're trying to get the work done so Jesus can come back. That's it. That's it. So we started here, a bunch of volunteers, Susie, right? Yeah, you sent your husband off. You filmed with us too. That's before you had four children. God bless you. And we began to share. And you know what they told us at Hope Channel? They said the quality is marginal. They said the set looked like a, a funeral home. I mean, what greater compliment could you receive? But they said that the message is powerful because it's the Word of God and it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And young people who are not scripted but who share their testimony. Sometimes I'm shocked as, as they share and say, well, you know, forgiveness is hard. It was really hard for me when my sister was murdered. I just was recording for this October and one, one of our participant. She's a forensic psychiatrist, and she came to Christ at her mother's funeral because she said, I want, the Spirit of God said, I want you to see your mother again. What I didn't know, but I learned in that broadcast, is that her mother was the victim of a homicide. Not easy to forgive when someone kills your loved one. But God began to work in spontaneous ways, and, and after four years, I was asked to join the Ministerial Association at the General Conference. And to be honest with you, I didn't want to go because I like it here. But sometimes God asks you to, do, to go. Sometimes God says, well, there are gifts that God's given to Pastor Jeff and Alicia that just like John the Baptist, you've read that chapter. It's so amazing. God brings you to do something, but then he brings someone else with other strengths. It's not about us. This isn't ours. This is his. It's bigger than us. And sometimes he throws us out. So thankful that when you're married, you're no longer two but one. And he threw my wife and I together. <laughs> Ended up in Washington. I was the editor of our professional journal. I loved it, ministry. I trained pastors, which is what I'd done before I came here at Southern Adventist University. Some of the pastors even here were my students back then. I loved what I was doing. And then two years ago, they pulled me out of the back of the auditorium. And they said, we'd like to ask you to be the president of Hope Channel. We'd take your time, pray about it. We need to know by 3 o'clock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not sure about that one. Board meeting that night. I'm thinking, I don't think so. My wife and I talked, we prayed. I'm walking to the studio because even though I was in ministerial, I also was hosting another program called Ministry in Motion for pastors, training for pastors. I'm walking to film all day. And as I'm walking into the Hope Channel studio, there's screens from around the world. I look up and I'm teaching Hope Sabbath School. And God says, look, <laughs> why do you think we did that at Forest Lake? And then I see my, one of my favorite preachers. I've got several favorite preachers. One of them is Dwight Nelson. Happy he's on the Hope Channel. Randy Roberts, another great preacher. And Dwight was on. He was talking to someone. I thought, oh, there's Dwight. I wonder who he's talking to. The camera switched, and he was talking to me. <laughs> and the Spirit of God said, I just want you to understand what we're doing at Forest Lake. Because God doesn't want you to just find a position and just wait. 
God wants you to just be available. Are you listening to me? This is not just about me. This is about you. This is about the present and the future of our church here, Forest Lake Church. It's saying, God, we're available to you, whatever you want to do. When we moved to Washington, we went from this vibrant church with, how many did we have on the media team? Probably 50. Yeah. And we went there. They said, you can't stop. It's the most broadcast program worldwide on the Hope Channel. Today, it's in 150 countries around the world. Amen. They said, you got to keep going. I looked at my wife. It's just like me and her. That's two. How in the world can it keep going with two people? <laughs> Impossible for humans. Not for God. My wife met a young attorney. Would like to be part of a team? She said yes. Met another young lady. She's got two doctorates, health, a PhD in health economics and a doctor of pharmacy. She's one of our teachers, Tricia Lee. People taking off time, our forensic psychiatrist, every Monday that we film, she, sh she leaves her office. She comes to film because it's not just about now. It's about eternity. And God put the team together. But, but it was built on the foundation that happened here. We're now in 150 countries around the world, just Hope Sabbath School, we know of because of the app. And it was a, a couple from this church. Some of you know that he fell asleep in Jesus just a few days ago. They used to sit right here. Ron and Cheryl, you know them, some of you. And we found someone that would make an app for us. You know what an app is? If not, check with your grandchildren, okay? <laughs> app. You know how much it costs to develop an app? So we asked a young man in England, said, I'll produce an app for you. Can you afford $500? I use my favorite Hebrew word. <laughs> he produced the app. It's now used in 139 countries. We didn't have any money, but this couple who sit right here, they said, we'll, we'll send you the $500. You know the last words he said to me? He, he's sleeping in Jesus now, you know. You know the last words he said to me? He said, that's the best investment I ever made. Yeah. Right? But then we started getting complaints. Take your time, Derek. You've got 42 seconds. <laughs> the Android people started complaining. Who's Android here? I'm not talking about genetics. I'm talking about your phone. Okay? <laughs> They started complaining. They said, we want an app too. So we contacted our German affiliate, Stimmer der Hoffnung, and they said $10,000. I said, we don't have any money. Two software engineers from California said, Derek, we'll produce it for you. We just need to know you're committed. Can you afford $500? <laughs> I called the same family. They said, we're in. Sent me a check. 150 countries, Android app. Can I just share something with you? It's flashing. It's telling me to go home. <laughs> we are not here to accumulate stuff. Are you listening to me? God wants to use us to impact the world. We're not all going to be part of this one ministry. We're going to be part of a multitude of ministries, ADU and AHS and whatever other letters go together to spell where you are. FLA, FLEC, HC, whatever. 
God, I'm available to you. Are you with me? Is there someone today who'd have the courage to stand and say, God, I'm available to you? Huh? Are you here? Someone available? Just stand up, brother. Anybody else? I'm not telling you what you're going to do, but God, I'm available to you. The harvest is great. I may have hundreds of people under my supervision or I may be in my own business, but I'm available to you, God. I may be teaching in a classroom with bright young minds. I'm available to you. I may be at home caring for my precious children. I'm available to you, God. Use me in your harvest work. God, you see many standing. I'm standing too because I don't just want to have a job. We want you to use us in your harvest work. And God, whatever you do, including the miracles of Hope Sabbath School, we will not take any glory or credit to ourselves. We will give you all of the praise now and forever. In the name of Jesus, amen.